Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Norby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Karina McClurkin and Everlise Cabrera. Karina McClurkin was 18 years old in 2016. She was living in Kokomo, Indiana. Kokomo has a population of roughly 40,000. It's located about an hour south of Indianapolis. For a larger city, it's relatively safe. In 2017, there were only six homicides and all of them were solved. There are only three unsolved disappearances in Kokomo's history. Karina's life hadn't been easy. She had been hanging out with an older crowd, and at some point in her teens, she began dealing with substance abuse issues. But in 2016, it seemed that she was ready to turn her life around. She had decided to go to rehab in Florida. She started filling out the paperwork, but was never able to finish it. On the night of October 11, 2016, Karina went to a party. She then walked to a BP gas station, where she was seen on surveillance video. Sometime after leaving the gas station, she was seen walking on the 1100 block of South Washington Street in Kokomo. Witnesses say they saw her get into a vehicle. Karina hasn't been seen since. She left behind her wallet, identification, and the paperwork for rehab. She was reported missing on October 13th after her family hadn't heard from her. In 2017, nine months after she disappeared, a body was found in the Kankakee River in Wilmington, Illinois. The Illinois police were asking for help identifying the body. Because the description closely matched Karina, her father drove the three hours to see if it was her. But five weeks later, it was identified as 24-year-old Martha Sanchez, who had been missing from Chicago for a week. Two men have been charged in connection with Martha's death. Kokomo Police Department Captain Tonda Cockrell told Indianapolis RTV 6 News that, quote, We've gotten several different locations over the years that have not been fruitful, but that's not discouraging us from pursuing leads until we do have a resolution to this. In 2018, four private investigators donated their time to find Karina. One of them, named Scott Ionson, said an inmate in the Howard County Jail believes she knows what happened to Karina. The inmate's name is Renee Murphy. Renee told investigators that she heard things in jail. She believes that Karina's drug dealer played a role in her disappearance. She heard that Karina was caught stealing from her drug dealer, and he then paid someone to give her what's called a hot shot, or basically bad dope, or way too much of it so that she wouldn't survive. She was also told that Karina's body was left near a pond in Kokomo. This information came in after a $50,000 reward was offered in the case for information about Karina's whereabouts and leading to arrest of the person or persons responsible. But this inmate says it's not about the money. She just wants answers for the family. There have been stories that Karina had been killed and buried in a tarp in a wooded area, or that she was thrown into a waterway. Police have executed search warrants and pursued many leads. There have been numerous searches with cadaver dogs and volunteers, but none have turned up any information as to where Karina may be. 
In 2019, her father, James, emptied his 401k to create a $75,000 reward. This one with only one stipulation. They just want to know where Karina is and are less concerned about an arrest. Her family believes because of her race, she's African-American, her age, and the situation that her case is not being taken seriously by law enforcement and the media. In April of 2020, human remains were found in a field in Kosciuszko County, Indiana, about an hour and a half north of Kokomo. The remains were sent to the Northeast Indiana Forensic Center for Identification. I could not find any update on this story, um, just that it's still under investigation. Every year on the anniversary of her disappearance, the family gathers with the community to raise awareness and to walk the route Karina was last seen on, just to make sure that people don't forget her name. Her family believes that she is deceased. Her case remains open and unsolved. Karina McClurkin was 18 years old when she vanished from Kokomo, Indiana in 2016. She would be 21 this year. She is described as African-American, 5'4", and 130 pounds. She has brown, red hair, and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing a black midriff shirt, ripped jeans, and brown sandals. Her ears are pierced, and she wears glasses. She has two tattoos, one with the letters R.I.P. and Angel Wings on her right upper arm, and the other is a circle-like design on her right forearm. Her nickname is Ree. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Karina McClurkin, please call the Kokomo Police Department at 765-457-1105. You know, I never thought about a tattoo as being a way to identify a body. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it is. All right. The story just makes me so sad. I think that having a an a issue with addiction at 18, 16, how old was she? 18. At 18 is common. Yeah. Or making mistakes at 18 is so common. But to lose your life over it. Right. Right. And it sounds like she was kind of figuring her way out and she was going to get help and had a plan had a plan and that was taken from her and she would just be 21 now yeah. it feels like when i look through the uh when i look through this the um the list of those that have gone missing there's a lot of of black and brown men and women yeah. that are listed. Mm -hmm. And do they get the same attention as if it had been a white 18-year-old in the same area? Do they get the same amount of attention, the same quality of attention? It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. Especially if they're considered adults. Well, and especially, and I feel like especially if there's, I mean, I think that, I think race does play a part. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially if they're not, I don't know, not the A-plus student, and they they may have had some issues with anything. Right. Um, drugs or alcohol or anything. 
Um, right, because there's almost this thought like, well, you look, des- at, look at your lifestyle right. or you put you yourself deserve, into... You deserve, yeah. you've earned this or some something like yeah. that. And that's not, I mean, that's not fair. I thank God we, I wasn't held responsible for all the decisions I made at 18. Right. I mean, that that there was grace shown to me in, in a variety of ways right. uh, by the universe or by whatever that I wasn't, you know, that I was able to make mistakes and not um, disappear as a result of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much potential lost in cases like that where a young person hasn't even, they haven't even started their life. Right. And they just disappear. And never, uh, it's a life unfulfilled. On June 10th, 2006, Everlise Cabrera, age two, went missing from her foster home. She and her younger brother, Benjamin, were being fostered by V and Manuel Carascal in the 6500 block of Diamond Point Court in North Las Vegas. The Carascals reported that they had checked on Everly at about 1 a.m. and uh, she, was, she was sound asleep in her bed. When they went to check on her at 8 a.m., she was gone. They stated that a chair was placed near the door to the outside and the door stood ajar. The Carascales did not report Everly's missing until noon, four hours after she was gone, after they discovered that she was, that she was gone. Why? why? Why would you wait that long for a two-year-old? That's a very good question. Why would you wait for... Why would you wait a minute? It's just that... Doesn't seem right. Um, if that were the case, right, right, there would be no wrongdoing if a child had escaped, and maybe they could. Um, there would well, be no wrongdoing, and, and I mean, other than searching, other than searching your immediate area, right, uh, you would call, right, call in for help. Well, and you know, two-year-olds are mischievous. They're getting into things. They're walking. They're and they can hide. They are very absolutely yeah. very good. They can, they can they can they can hide in very small places. Right. But that's exactly why you would have not, never waited. Right. Unless you had something to hide. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. That even if you'd been the foster parent. And you and you found that this child was missing. Um. You would be more concerned, first of all, about finding that child than about any consequences of that child going missing. Right, absolutely. So, the only other person in the home was V's adult son, 33-year-old Melvin Belaine. He owned the home and had moved back in late May, about two weeks earlier. He returned to the military shortly after Everly disappeared. He was not listed to provide foster care and had not completed a background check, which was a violation of the foster agency's procedures. The Carascales had also failed to complete training required for their foster care license and were renewed anyway. What? This happened two months before Everly's uh, was reported missing. How is that even possible? I think that um, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't, it should be, unaccept, it's unacceptable. Right. And, um, but I think that it's hard to find foster care parents. And. Maybe. And there are children that need, need care. Yeah. So, I suppose 
that sometimes some things are overlooked, but that's not acceptable. Right. The Carascal family quit cooperating with law enforcement shortly after they reported Everly's missing. The investigators found that nobody outside of the Carascal family reported actually seeing Everly's since May 15th. So two months earlier. No, one month uh, earlier. One month earlier. Uh, almost, almost exactly a month. On that day, Everly's birth parents, Marlena Olivas and Ernesto Cabrera, had visited Everly's and Benjamin. On that day, they found that Everly's had a burn on her hand. They asked the foster parents what had happened, but they never got an answer. The previous, um, there had been a previous foster child in the, that the Carascales had cared for who had received second and third degree burns. And they did not take the child to the emergency room for eight hours. Oh my gosh. As a result, the child had to be hospitalized overnight. Lee claimed that the child had been burned by hot soup. Neither she nor her husband were charged with abuse, but the child was removed from their care. Now again, if your son, if you, if your son pulled a pole of hot soup on himself, the first thing you would do is go to the emergency room. Right. Because um, a, 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 a burn of this kind on a, on a torso of a child is, could be deadly. Right. Um, it was an accident. Accidents happen. Right. Yep. Um, but they didn't take the child to the emergency room for eight hours. That speaks of their character. After Everlease disappeared, the birth parents gave up their rights to all of their children except Everlease. They sued Clark County for failing to protect their daughter, and they received a $500,000 settlement. $250,000 would go to Everlease if she was found on or before her 25th birthday. If she isn't found, the money would go back to Clark County. $35,000 would go to Everlease, Everlease's brother, Benjamin, and each of her parents would get $22,000 each. There is a scholarship set up in Everlease's name and a $15,000 reward for information about her disappearance. The agreement releases Clark County from any wrongdoing. That's just messed up. You don't. You shouldn't get to be out of. Uh, you shouldn't be able to get out of that. Well, this is going to make you more mad. Everlease's parents also sued V and Manuel Carascal. They settled the case for three hundred thousand dollars and released the foster parents from future liability. So that's a maximum that the insurance company would pay out. What does that tell you? Unbelievable. It was the maximum. They have paid people to negotiate to um but also it irritates me that that they are released from future liability right. robert lowry is the vice president of the national center for missing and exploited children he said that this case is still active and that quote someone knows there is someone who knows what happened they just need to tell us unquote everlise cabrera would be 16 years old today she is a Hispanic female with black hair and brown eyes. If you have any information about the disappearance of Everlise Cabrera, contact the North Las Vegas Police Department at 702-633-9111. Do we know what happened to her brother, Benjamin? Yes. Um, he, was, uh, he was removed from the Cabrera home and placed into a foster care in which 
uh, they they had a son okay. about the same age, okay. and they um, and they adopted Benjamin. Okay. So he is in a family of his own, and um, I mean, Everlease was two, so he he could have been one or younger. Right. I don't doesn't say how old he was, but yeah. so he um, he had bonded with the other child and um, is now adopted into that family. So that's a that's. That's about the only happy thing that's that's in this story because um, every single thing makes me angry. Yeah, I'm angry that this happened while in state-funded foster care. That right. that a child disappeared um, after there had been questionable at least one or two questionable incidents. Right, and then they still renewed their license even after they didn't do what they were supposed to do to renew it. Right. I mean, you sh- you shouldn't even be up for renewal after the first child. The child is well. I would say that uh, again. The the fact that they, it's not that the child that the 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 story about the the child being burned, right, and waiting it's, eight. Yeah. It's the waiting it's the eight waiting. hours before <clears throat> taking that child to emergency. Right. To the emergency room. That's why. Not that there's no, not that the accidents happen. Yeah, the accidents happen, but um, how they handled it, it's it's very clear that they're not trustworthy people. Right. Because you wouldn't do that. You how could you? I just. I mean, you think. I. Yeah. You think about getting burned on your finger, how painful that is. Well, just just think of burning your hand, on the rack in the oven. Yep. And just how painful that is, and then. I mean, times that by whatever, by 10, by right. 100. By something that would have appeared to be soup in the lap of a child. I and mean, I know from one. my first aid class, I used to teach first aid CPR for Red Cross, and they would talk about that if you were burned um, on your hands, on your torso, or your genitals, that was that was an emergency because you were likely to go into shock. Um, and... and um, because of the nerves. It, it, that you were likely to go into shock and it needed emergency care sure. immediately. But the idea of that on a child, uh, it, and also that child, the pain that that child would have been going through at that time, I just, it makes me very angry. And, you know, this is another case in which um, the children were put into foster care. And it, I only, it only talks about the two children Benjamin and Everlease, but the children were put in foster care because when Benjamin was born, there were drugs in his system. Okay. And um, and that's absolutely not okay. Right. I'm glad that they that they were put into foster care. Um, but one thing that hurt my feelings was that the only pictures available of Everlease were um, poorly taken shots of just that are kind of fuzzy and um there's hardly any pictures of this child sure there's a couple fuzzy not very good pictures but uh she (laughs) she was just two years old and so what do you go off of to try to find this child if there's no and i mean the pictures of they'll they'll tell you um you know there's nothing. There's nothing identifying about it, except for her age and, and the location in which she was, you know, lost. It, but 
uh, and I, I looked up this area of North Las Vegas and these homes are, are, um, they're nice and they're large. Sure. And it's Las Vegas, so it's not lush. Um, right. the, uh, the landscape is specific. There's not a lot of trees. There's the trees that are planted there are specific. And so, um, but I, I'm sure that there's lots of fences and there's lots of things like that, but the, um, they were not able to find anything and they, they had cadaver dogs and they, after the, after the, uh, um, Carousel family moved, they checked that property with, um, ground penetrating radar radar and uh, cadaver dogs and they didn't find anything but it's a little suspicious also that the son came home two weeks before uh, Everly goes missing and left shortly thereafter to return to the military right but could have been a coincidence but yeah I, I, I after reading that story uh, I'm suspicious of everybody right uh, there's All not that. anybody yep not anybody that did anything Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I do have one update to share this week. The story that we read last week about Denise Flume, there has now been an arrest in that case. They announced on July 9th that Sean M. McClung has been charged with voluntary manslaughter in her death. Um, he, he must have been questioned before because it, it stated that he had previously claimed that Flume was alive, that Denise was alive. But now he's just admitting that he killed her in March of 1986. So at the time of her disappearance, maybe he, yeah, they yeah. maybe talked to him at that point at that time, but but she she has he killed her, and she's been she's been dead for all of these years time. these thirty five years yeah yeah so we yeah all we have is his admission and that he's being charged with that we still don't have a body mm -hmm. but maybe it's it's a little piece of justice. He's an old man now. This has happened several yeah. times. Um, so this has happened, and you just counted it, and you said that it's happened seven times in the less than a year that we've been doing these podcasts, in which somebody that we've done a story on has either been found or somebody has been charged in their murder. It's happened seven times. Within that, a week of us telling the story. Within a, and it's every single one of the seven times. Yep. It's been within seven days. Yeah. And most often within 42 hours right which is really kind of spooky yeah. it's not that i don't believe i certainly don't believe that they're being found because of our podcast however uh it's it's it makes me feel good that that um we're not that we're we are um again talk we're talking about people who have who have um who have already disappeared once We're, we bring up their names and it's nice to know that those cases are still being worked on yeah. 35 years later that yeah. they are not given up and um, um, 
it's just interesting that this that these things are connected and that we have these uh, revelations um, that happen so quickly after we choose this story out of the hundreds and thousands. Yeah, it's just an interesting thing. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. So, so Katie, you're giggling at yourself okay. before you read your okay. instructions. Okay, well, because this is kind of an inside joke between the two of us. Oh, no. It's about raisins. No, it's not. It's okay. about high school mascots. Oh, so why is this? So so you have to kind of fill in the So blanks. many moons ago when we, when were, we first met. Yeah. First year. Yeah. Um, when we were driving back from a conference, mm-hmm. we were... You know, every time we went through, we were making up names for their mascots. And we were driving from Brainerd to back to International Falls. Yeah. So these are small little towns. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, most of them, well, maybe not most of them. Some of them, we knew the names of the mascots. Most of them we just made up. Because right. Because they sounded funnier and they sounded better. Right. So We came up with much better names. They were better. Yes. They were much better. Yes. So this week I have, and it's actually a two-parter because there's so many of them. This week I have... Weird high school mascots. Oh my god. And these are actual it. mascots. I love it. So, Chinook, Montana are the sugar beaters. And they're ma- it, it Look some of these up because their mascot is literally like beaters, like egg beaters with like a character in the egg beater, in the, in the beaters. Sugar beaters. And that's in Montana? Chinook, Montana. In Cobden. What? I mean, I suppose if you ever got your hair caught in something like that, you would be, you would, you would, you would do whatever was asked. Right. You would be upset. Or, I mean, any hair. I'd hair. run. I, but. If it was coming after chased, me, I'd run. R- what, right? Because yeah. you have long hair. Right. <laughs> well, even if you got your finger stuck in one of those things. I, 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 I think it would stop it. I mean, I don't know for sure. I think it would. However, and I can't, but I don't. Sugar beaters. Yeah, I don't know. It gets it gets weirder. Okay. In Cobden, Illinois, the Apple Knockers. The name of the town is Cobden. Cobden, Illinois. Their mascot is the Apple Knockers. And do, is I I don't know what an apple knocker is. Neither do I. Neither do I. So what does their mascot look like? Do you know? Did you get to see any of these? Um, some of them I did. I, I don't remember what the apple knockers look like. I think it was a person with apples, but I don't remember why. I mean. I would be more threatened by applesauce because gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apple knockers, I don't. That. Yeah, I don't. I, no. I, yeah. In Blooming Prairie, Minnesota, the awesome blossoms. Can you imagine being afraid of a flower? Can you imagine being the football team called the Awesome Blossoms? <laughs> We're the Bloomington Awesome Blossoms. Be afraid. <laughs> We're going to get you. I mean, I don't know. What do you do? I don't know. Awesome Blossoms. Yep. It's embarrassing. It is. embarrassing. It's an odd state. In Hoopston, Illinois, the Corn Jerkers. Now, these are 
these these are a little bit sexist. I mean, well, they're a little so bit there's phallic. a story behind why it's called the corn jerkers because before there was machinery to to take the corn off the husk or the the plants. Yeah, you had to jerk the corn off, and it just stuck. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. So it, it, you'd have a job being a corn jerker. I guess so. Which you know that might raise questions on a resume. I feel like. I think that I'm captain of the corn jerkers. <laughs> I know, I know. In Kaukana, Wisconsin. What was that? Kaukana, Wisconsin. The Galloping Ghosts. The name is Kaukana. Kaukana, Galloping Ghosts. In in Polka, West Virginia, the Polka Dots. Their mascot is literally a dot with arms and legs and a face. A dot. Polka Dots. I think that's cute, but again, not scary. <laughs> not intimidating, no. Not intimidating in any way. No. In Polo, Illinois, the Marcos. Oh, uh, the Marco Polos. <laughs> the Polo Marcos. Yeah, the Polo that's Marcos. What that's what it is. The, the Polo, Polo Marcos. Marcos. That is not, that's weird. It is weird. In Frankfurt, Indiana, the hot dogs. You know, they didn't have any choice. They Well, you had to. You had to go you with had that. To. In Columbia, Missouri, the QPs. You know, like Cupid dolls? Have you ever seen Cupid dolls? Yeah, they're naked. Yep, that's what their mascot is. It's a Cupid doll. Again, somehow these things are very sexual. I don't. It's very strange. It's very strange. In Providence, Rhode Island, the kilties. What's a kiltie? A man wearing a kilt. I mean, that's what their mascot is. I don't know if that's actually what a kiltie is, but it's a man oh, wearing a kilt. Because uh, I mean, it might have some sort kilter, of meaning. Kilter. If you, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not threatened. I mean, either. I mean, yeah. I suppose you could really threaten a man wearing well, a kilt. the image of the mascot looked intimidating. Did it? But I feel like it could have a different name other than the kilties. Like the Irishman. I mean, there you go. That sounds more intimidating. Not really. Well, I mean. Better than kilties. Yeah. They're Scottish. Oh, did I say Irish? Yeah, you did, but oh. that's all right. Nobody listens to this podcast anyway. <laughs> You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, the Mighty Bunnies. You'd think you'd know this. I mean, that's the dumbest name ever. Yeah, yeah. Do the do the bunnies have gnashing teeth? I feel like and... they had fangs. Oh, sure. But they were called bunnies. I feel like it was called like the Mighty Jackrabbits. That or the like... Jackalopes. <laughs> oh, that one's good. I yeah. mean, because you could make that. That's a that's a made-up character. Right. You could make it as scary as the, you want. Uh, fighting bunnies. Mighty bunnies. Oh, money. Money. Fighting. <laughs> what is it? The mighty bunnies. Mighty bunnies. In Williamsport, Pennsylvania, the millionaires. In water... <laughs> what? <laughs> I, is it a bill? What is it? What is it? Apparently it was named because they had a... There was like... There were so many houses in there that they called Millionaire's Row or something because they were big houses. I don't know. It still doesn't make sense to me. Monopoly. That's what I was thinking. Waters Meet, Michigan. The Nimrods. What's a Nimrod? I don't know. I mean, I've I've met a Nimrod. I think that there is what... I think that there's a... I think it is. I don't I didn't write it down. But they're the Nimrods. They're the Nimrods. Again, I don't think that's a... 
that, that that's a bad name. And when it comes to marketing, that's right. a bad name. Well, and I think that the word Nimrod doesn't necessarily mean like the, what we think it means now. The current connotation right. of a Nimrod. Right. But here we are in here we current are. times. And uh, we are only living in current times. <laughs> right. Right. In Annapolis, Maryland, the Obzegs, which... What? In Annapolis, Maryland? The Obzegs, which is gazebo backwards. They were named after a structure on their campus. The Obzegs. What does their mascot look like? A gazebo. The fighting gazebo with legs <laughs> walking. And it didn't actually show a picture of an actual. It showed me the symbol of their, of like the school. Yeah. But it didn't show me the actual Obzegs. Well, mascot like that runs onto the field. backwards the the, <laughs> the mascot that runs backwards because you said the name backwards so it's the, right or the backside of a gazebo <laughs> i don't know that's uh, somebody let the teenagers name the mascot and i don't know if that's a good idea i don't know if that's a good idea either in centralia illinois illinois the orphans the girls team is the annies In New Berlin. I don't like that. I don't like it. Change that name. I know. They're I know. terrible. I know. And I there's a there's a pattern that a lot of these are from Illinois. I don't know what's going on in Illinois, but a lot of these are from Illinois. New Berlin, Illinois. The pretzels. Good to eat. Not intimidating. At all. At all. They all they run around with their arms crossed all the time. Right. All, right. What are they? This is do? their. This is their. <laughs> like Wonder Woman, right? That that's their that's their right. their uh, really fighting. Yeah, doesn't really seem threatening. No, no. In Avon, Connecticut, the winged beavers, winged beavers. I mean, I would be afraid because I've never seen one. I guess. But. I suppose if you're <laughs> walking around in a winged beaver with that big old tail uh, flapping in the wind, you really would be scared. Yeah, but in Tutopolis, Illinois, the wooden shoes. No, I would Pennsylvania maybe I could see that. Yeah, but, I don't know. I mean, I could see maybe the wooden shoes which are Yeah, like the old Dutch clogs. Yeah. That's what that's what the symbol was. Wooden, wooden clogs. Yeah. Which I would say, you know, cuz the Dutch, you know, there's a lot of Dutch that landed in Pennsylvania. Mm, I didn't yeah. think about Illinois. Maybe. Yeah. I suppose there's probably probably spread around a little bit. Yeah. The West. I mean, the wooden shoes actually is a good. <laughs> a good I mean, name. it would hurt. It would hurt. <laughs> it would. It, it would. would hurt. It would hurt if you stepped on my, my naked toe. Yeah. It would hurt if you threw it at my head. Right. It would hurt if you kicked me in the side. It would hurt. It would hurt. It would hurt to wear them. Right. 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 It would hurt to have your children wearing them yes. all over the house. Yeah. Clippity cloppity clippity cloppity. Right. Right. I mean, so actually, that's a pretty good name. It's not horrible. It's not. I mean, when you think about it, it's a well, terrible. I mean, I mean, it's a terribly frightening. To the other ones, Nimrods. Yeah. West Plains, Missouri, the Zizzers. Is that like scissors? I don't know. There was no symbol for the zipper? Zizzers. I don't. I don't know what. I don't. They just run around. Zzz. It's just a Z that runs out on the field. <laughs> in mesquite texas the skeeters now that's that's cute yeah and it, it is actually a mosquito and a mosquito which um you call skeeters i suppose um you run in fear right i mean when right. you're in northern minnesota they right. will 
They will carry away small pets. They will tear you up. They will tear you up. In Cairo, Georgia, the syrup makers. K-A-R-O? Mm-hmm. So that must be where Cairo syrup is made. Yeah. The syrup makers. I mean, hot boiling liquid. That's frightening. I guess. And an expanding waistline. (laughs) I'd run. (laughs) If I could, I would run. Right, right. Again, syrup. (laughs) New Braunfels, Texas, the unicorns. They've got hooves and a horn. In winter Texas, the blizzards. It's winter Texas, for God's sakes. They don't know a blizzard. Yeah. Sandstorm. And their mascot, I'm sorry, winter Texas, but their mascot is hilarious. What is it? It looks like a little tornado. Like it's supposed to be like a blizzard cloud or something, like a cold wind. It's supposed to look like a cold wind, but it looks like a little blue tornado. I want to just say that a tornado in Texas would be a much more threatening name because you're not going to have a blizzard in Texas. Right. You, you could, I don't think. Well, no. Well, I don't know. Not a blizzard. Maybe some snow, but not a blizzard. I wouldn't think. No. Is that what you said? You wouldn't have a blizzard in Texas? Yeah, I don't think you would. I mean, (laughs) I bet they don't even have a Dairy Queen. That's a South, that's a Minnesota joke. No, they probably don't. They don't have a Dairy Queen. They don't even know they what don't even know what a, They don't even know what a blizzard is. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Uh, Rocky Ford, Colorado. This is the last one. Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford. Rocky Ford. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if those two words are together or not. It's not Rockford. No, it's Rocky Ford. So I think that a Ford is a... Is there a J in there? A Fjord? Oh, no. It's Rocky Ford. Rocky okay. Ford. Okay. Colorado. That's okay. the town, apparently. Okay. I just, I wrote it down, but I may have written it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you may be lying. Okay. I, I wish you would have started with that. So, okay, I'll start over again. I might be lying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, that's uh, kind of what we're used to, right? The town, the town is called Rocky Ford, maybe, Colorado, and their mascot is the Meloneers. It's a watermelon. Meloneers. I mean, you will, your hands will stick for days, and so will your floors, but I don't know that I'd be afraid of them on the football field. Unless you're being, they're throwing them, <laughs> which would be, because that would hurt. It would hurt. If somebody threw a watermelon at you? I, I would run. If they're throwing watermelons, I'd run. But... I, I, just, don't, I, I don't like that name. I don't it just, like, it's not that, very That's upsetting to me. I think I could come up with better names. I think so, too. Um, I, I mean, maybe not. Well, Probably not. we did. I mean, we enjoyed them. <laughs> we did come up it with better names. It caused us to laugh for <laughs> like four, four hours. Four hours <laughs> at ourselves. Yeah. Which, because we are hilarious. <laughs> so I promised you that I would get you... Meat Jello recipes. I've been waiting, and I almost made myself sick <laughs> I bet. researching this. I bet. So this was specifically <laughs> called Aspic, Aspic A S P I C. I've heard this. Before. I think is a is the is the brand name of oh, a gelatin, okay. Aspic Abominations. Oh gosh. So Aspic, I think, is the 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 uh, uh, brand name for gelatin. Uh. Aspic abominations. 
so uh, uh, this is this is in gelatin, unless I tell you otherwise. So it's just clear <laughs> gelatin. Okay. So you can imagine it, because I yes. wish I could show you pictures, because it'd make you grossed out. <laughs> Pressed brisket or beef. Uh. Loaf. Uh. Jellied tongue with hard-boiled eggs. What's jellied tongue? A tongue of an animal. <laughs> um, Encapsulated in jelly? In, in gelatin, yes. Ew, ew, okay. Do you get the picture, the full picture? And then just to make it spice things up, a little couple of hard-boiled eggs thrown in there. Ugh. Just for... Ugh. Tuna, cucumber, and lime jello. And tuna. It, and, and it was tuna and cucumber and lime. And, and lime jello. Tuna, I mean, it was blended. Yeah. Not very well. <laughs> well, it's tuna. It's freaking tuna. <laughs> Those, I mean, that color is gross. Yuck. Vegetable. Um, v- a vegetable one with carrots, peas, potatoes, and hard-boiled eggs in a gelatin loaf. Uh, you just slice off a piece and... Yuck. Now, I don't actually know if this actually had jello in it. Um, it came up when I looked this up. But even if it didn't, it's still gross, and I'm going to tell you about it anyway. It's a southern... Bologna cake. Um, a cake? A cake? Cake with bologna in it. Uh, with bologna. So it was layers of bologna. And I'm not just talking Oscar Mayer bologna. I'm talking thick cut. And then, I'm not sure. I think it was mayo. And it may have, or it may have all been gelatinized together with gelatin and, and that had milk added to it, which turns the gelatin white. Doesn't matter. It's Ew. gross. Ew. Don't do it. It's and it had radishes uh, on top Ew. as a garnish, as a garnish, as a garnish. <laughs> just, I mean, if you gotta use a radish as a garnish, I just want to say, just throw the whole damn thing away. Yeah. 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 Ick. I just this oh. next one: peas, carrots, and pork and beans in, in gelatin. And gelatin, clear gelatin, so you can all, you can see that lumpy little, little fig of lard that always is comes the in the pork even clear anymore when there's yes. pork and beans in it? Well, they didn't mix it up. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it's Just clear. like clumps of it. It's, oh, it's, I think maybe, I think maybe in this case they may have rinsed off those pork and beans <laughs> so that they show up in their, in their individual cells. Oh, gosh. This is SpaghettiOs. In gelatin. Now, it may not, it may not have been SpaghettiOs, but I could not define what it was. It looked like SpaghettiOs. Sure. I don't know if SpaghettiOs were around in the 1950s. Probably. But. Something, probably something similar to it. SpaghettiOs in gelatin. In a yeah, bunt uh, mold. Oh, gosh. This. This is a fish jello with hunks and chunks of fish in clear gelatin jello. And it was like it was in a large, what used to be, um, it, tomato juice used to come in a can, and it was kind of a large can. Sure. And so it's kind of tall and skinny, and it had, and the heads have been cut off, and the tails have been cut off, and you can see all that because the damn gelatin is clear. Yuck. Yep, that's my thoughts on it. Oh, gross. That, that about did me in. But, okay, how yes. do you eat these things? You, you turn it over and, and you just slice off. A piece. And then you just, like, eat it with a fork? 
Well, or like on crackers or I mean, I pasta. think that <laughs> it's cold because it's gelatin. I suppose, yeah. So I, I think that in some of these things, you would eat it as a sandwich or you would eat it as a side. Um, I suppose in some, I don't, I don't, I, I would go, you never eat this. You don't, you it's just make it and you throw it away. You make it for your sister-in-law so she never asks you to bring <laughs> any dishes again. Right. You show up with a fish jello in a bunch. I mean, in any kind of shape. Right. She's not going to ask you to bring... Nope. That's one way that's to get one out way. of it. One way. You could also bring a stuffed picnic loaf. It's a hollowed out loaf of bread stuffed with what looks to be ground ham with pimento and olive. The, art, <laughs> the article <laughs> said that it was filled with disappointment and despair. <laughs> and that's what it tastes like. That's exactly what it would taste like. Uh, it looks disgusting. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, I mean, you get this loaf of bread and it's kind of heavy. Huh. <laughs> What's going on? What kind of bread is this? And you slice it off and then there's this gelatinized ham and oh gosh, pimento and olives. The mud bug, aval- the mud bug avalanche, which is a.k.a. crayfish bush. It was the shape of a... So you know those uh, styrofoam tree shapes that you might decorate at Christmas time? Oh, sure. So they're kind of tall. They're maybe a foot mm-hmm. and a half tall. It kind of looked like that <laughs> out of gelatin. Ew. crayfish on the outside um, climbing up the branches. It's disgusting. Yuck. Cold salmon loaf. And that sucker's blended to a nice, smooth, pasty paste. Oh, so it's pink. It's pink. The whole thing is pink. Jello. And they, pink jello. And uh, there's no... It's it's pink jello, and it was put in a salmon mold. Made with salmon. Made with salmon, yep. So it's salmon-flavored jello, basically. Yep. That's the grossest thing I've ever heard, but yes. That just... Yes. Grosses me out. Yeah. This one was... Just spaghetti. It wasn't, wasn't, it was just the pasta, which looked like worms or brains. Brains. Yeah. It, disgusting. Because it was, and it was two, it was like three stacks. It's like, like a layered cake on top of the other. (laughs) All the same kind of spaghetti pasta. Uh, Canned wieners. Mm. Your face is just, your face is, looks like what these sound like. Yeah. How about asparagus mousse? So basically green, blended jello. Asparagus mousse. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's another name for maybe, for maybe the... Gross. Gross. (laughs) Another name for gross. Another name for gross. Asparagus mousse. Asparagus mousse. It might have something added to it to give it a less... Probably moose. I don't know. I don't know what it has to it, but um, sausage cake. Um, I don't remember what that looked like. Uh, but oh yes, I do. It was this was a bunt cake, in the shape of a bunt cake. It had, your stomach is revolting. Your stomach is growling because it does not like this at all. 
It had pork sausage, brown sugar, eggs, flour, ginger, baking soda, pumpkin spice, cold, strong coffee, raisins, and chopped walnuts. What on earth? And it looked like that whole sucker was ground together and put in a bun pan to become a sausage cake. Well, what the hell would you do with that? Well, no, you know, these are ideas for your next holiday party or your next potluck. Again, again, your in-laws will never come back. Right. They'll never come back. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't blame them because I'm not coming either. I'm not (laughs) coming to your house. No, thank you. Sauce, meat jello. That's meat jello recipes for you. I'll give you more meat jello recipes, but I can't. No, let's not. That's, it, it was a terrible <laughs> exercise. I thought I was going to get you, and I did, but I got got too. You got got, yeah. Everybody <laughs> got I got. Am, I am not nauseous. You know, though, actually, it may be kind of, it might be, it can maybe help you reduce eating. Just looking <laughs> at those, at those, and the idea of eating a, a salmon jello. Salmon flavored jello. Yeah. 